0: Good afternoon, you degenerate scum, and welcome back to Necessary Evil. I have fantastic news today. According to this article here in the Washington Post, Joe Biden's economic team will include, quote, an African-American woman, a man born in Nigeria, an Indian-American woman, and just one murderous, genocidal, imperialistic, patronizing white man. Now, I may have added a little bit of my own flair to the end of that, but you get the gist. Praise God in heaven, folks, we have achieved diversity. And heading up the budgetary department of Joe Biden's team is none other than Neera Tandon. Now, I assume most of you do not know who this bloodthirsty, maniacal psychopath is, so allow me to enlighten you. Neera Tandon has been receiving glowing coverage on CNN, MSNBC, USA Today, and the New York Times, where anyone who so much as whispers, Anything other than complete adoration of Neera Tandon is smeared as not only a racist, but also a sexist. Because any criticism of Neera Tandon could not possibly be derived from her past performance or her past statements. No, 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 nice try, you racist piece of shit. The only conceivable explanation for someone not to get a Neera Tandon autograph tattooed under their forehead is because of their deeply rooted disdain for women of color. Andrew Gillum, who famously lost the Florida governor's race to Ron DeSantis, before being found by police unconscious in a Miami motel room, with a steaming meth pipe to his left and an overdosed male escort to his right, all while his wife and kids stayed home for the weekend, that Andrew Gillum proclaimed this very sentiment on ABC News, that the voices who are critical of Neera Tandon are only doing so because of their passionate hatred for women of color. Now, we can't be all that upset at Andrew. After all, it's often difficult to keep track of the news while bombing bags of meth to the face between rounds with your lover, balancing your beautiful family with your weekend getaways with the boys. So he must have missed the Julian Assange saga that outed his wonderful friend Neera Tandon as a warmongering, good-for-nothing slimeball. So worry not, Andrew. I will do you the favor of reviewing the documents myself. Andrew Gillum, what a guy, though, first of all, right? The guy's got a beautiful family sitting at home. He's making huge waves in the Democratic Party. He's got a promising career ahead of him. And he's sneaking off to the Red Roof Inn to smoke meth with a hooker. (laughs) And, and, you know, that probably sounds like some next-level savagery to you, a normal person. But trust and believe, brother in Washington, that's just another Tuesday afternoon. I mean, no dead bodies, no underage sexual deviants, no sacrificial effigies. This This is rookie ball stuff. Uh, you know, all he has to do is come out and say, yeah, I'm I'm gay now. And it's all good. Media scrapes it under the rug. It's the same shit Kevin Spacey pulled. Kevin Spacey practically molested a 14-year-old kid. And all he had to do was come out of the closet. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyways, back to Assange. So, Assange is the journalist behind WikiLeaks, who got a hold of the DNC emails a few years back, and a ton of other inside information uh, regarding the Clinton campaign, the CIA, the torture programs, uh, why we're in Libya and Syria, and like how the DNC rigged a primary against Bernie to get Hillary the nomination. I mean, uh, amazing stuff. I mean, one of the most incredible investigative journalists the world has ever seen. And this is why everyone in the establishment, including Neera Tandon, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John Brennan, all want him dead and are behind him being held in solitary confinement for the better part of the last four years. Okay, hopefully, God willing, Trump is going to pardon Assange and Edward Snowden and Ross Albright before Biden takes over. That's at least what a lot of the libertarian wing of the Republican Party have been calling for, as well as the liberals who have not yet been lobotomized, uh, as a full pardon for these certified heroes. Um, so one set of Assange emails reveals that Western powers... Uh, were concerned that Gaddafi was going to create a gold-backed currency to compete with the euro and the dollar in Libya. Okay, And remember, in episode two, we talked about how Nixon took us off the gold standard back in the 70s and created what we now refer to as the petrodollar, which is where the Saudis convert a portion of their oil profits into U.S. dollars and where the U.S. dollar is the, is the reserve currency of the world in exchange for financial and military assistance from the U.S., Okay, that's why we're so tied at the hip with Saudi Arabia, and why we did things like bury all of the lawsuits of the nine eleven victims against the Saudi government, because remember, fifteen of the nineteen hijackers were Saudi nationals; they were not freaking Iraqi. Okay, (laughs) you can go back to go back to the United States of War if you want more clarification on that and why we invaded Iraq and did nothing to Saudi Arabia. Okay, and it's also why the Obama administration spent millions of your dollars. literally refueling Saudi planes to go and bomb civilian hospitals, schools, and shopping centers in Yemen in what the U.N. has called the worst humanitarian crisis happening in the entire world right now. Okay, They estimate that the Saudis have dropped over 20,000 bombs and killed over 17,000 civilians, over a quarter of which are women and children. Okay, we are funding this shit. You are funding this shit. Barack Obama and Donald Trump have forced you, at the point of gun, to pay for murder. Okay, because Trump recertified the arms deal with the Saudis. Let's not mistake that for one second. Okay, he's done some great things with foreign relations, like brokering peace deals between Arab nations and Israel. But, you know, what did I say? We call balls and strikes here. And he recertified the arms deal with the Saudis, a regime who still publicly hangs people for nonviolent crimes. Now, quick caveat, he has expanded U.S. oil production so that we are now the world's leading oil exporter, which I would interpret as a way of beginning our distancing from Saudi Arabia, something that I hope is happening, but we have to hold his feet to the fire just as we would anyone else. Okay, they are spending your money bombing Yemen to bits in a proxy war with Iran, all right, mostly because Yemen is in such a crucial location for shipping routes through the Suez Canal, Right. All because we can't say shit to Saudi Arabia because our currency is tied to their oil production. OK, it's also why we never did anything about Jamal Khashoggi. OK, <laughs> Khashoggi was the Washington Post journalist who the Saudis kidnapped in an airport and then beheaded. They chopped his damn head off and we didn't say shit. <laughs> Good Lord, we are so screwed up, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Uh, so, that is just a quick tangent to describe what happened when we got off the gold standard and why we were obligated to intervene in Libya on behalf of Saudi Arabia. So, Assange reveals that Gaddafi's creating the gold backed currency, and we're concerned about it, right? And we just could not accept that possibility, okay? They probably would have blossomed into a wonderful little nation. They have some of the largest per capita oil reserves in the world very strategic location right on the Mediterranean. And we could have been good friends, allies, you know, but we just could not take the chance that they might upset the present power balance of the world. right. And we also couldn't just invade outright because there was no way to trick the public this time. You know, they already got us on WMDs in Iraq and claiming that Saddam was working with Bin Laden. (laughs) So it's not like they wouldn't have lied us into a Libyan war, but there were just no viable options at the time. So instead, we just sent millions of your dollars to al-Qaeda and ISIS. Yes, you heard that correctly. Your money to al-Qaeda and ISIS. To build dozens of military training camps throughout the country. We had the news media tell the world that it was an organic uprising called the Arab Spring. Just (laughs) organic. It's an organic uprising. Just somehow M-16s and rocket launchers just fell from the sky. It was organic. Okay. Uh, called the Arab Spring to topple a violent dictator. And America bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And so now, thanks to the CIA, Libya has open-air slave markets because we toppled their government and bailed. Well, Neera Tanden's emails get released in the WikiLeaks dump where she is trying to convince Obama cabinet officials that merely toppling the Libyan government is not enough. No, 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 that we should actually go in there and steal their oil to pay for the war. Okay, she says, you know, we've got a pretty massive deficit over here, and we can't cut Medicare and Social Security, Uh, we can't cut education spending, and we certainly can't just stop committing atrocities overseas, and we are America, for Christ's sake. Uh, So here's a perfect solution. After we murder these people and wreck any chance they'll ever have at prospering during one of our nation-building exercises that have worked out so well in the past, after the murders are commenced, we'll just steal everybody's natural resources. What a perfect solution. And she goes on to explain that Americans writ large, the general public does not support the wars because, you ready for this? Because they see the wars as a bad financial investment. (laughs) That's why she thinks you're not for the wars. Not because we're murdering people who have done absolutely nothing to us. And not because our brothers and friends and sons are out there getting blown up in countries we can barely find in a map. No, she says that the only reason, the only issue with the wars is that we're not making enough profit from a damn war. Okay, explain to me how Nira Tanden is not a sociopath. Okay, this is a bloodthirsty maniac. It would be one thing if they had invaded our land and then we were talking about beating them in a war and then taking their oil. No, they had nothing to do with us. We, they wanted us to invade Libya and then take their oil after everybody gets done dying. Okay, explain to me how Neil Tandon is not a bloodthirsty, maniacal sociopath. I mean, Donald Trump said the same thing, by the way, before he ran for office. Yeah, uh, he he's changed his tune since. Um, and I, you know, I don't really know. I can't tell whether or not that's truly a change in opinion or just a way of following the majority opinion of his party, which he te- he seems to do. Uh, but before that. You know, he said on camera multiple times that we should be stealing these people's oil, right? And I know a lot of you voted for him, myself included, and I know a good bit of you voted for Obama and Biden, who were in office during during all this mayhem, okay? So here's an excellent opportunity for you to be a free thinker, okay? You do not belong to a tribe. You don't need anyone else to think for you. You get to make up your own damn mind on this issue. So ask yourself, is it fair Is it just, is it moral for us to fund an uprising in a country that has nothing to do with us, with dollars that were stolen from American workers, not tell them where the money is going, send your buddy over there without congressional approval, murder a few thousand innocent people, and then steal oil that is not ours and ride off into the sunset with a newly balanced budget? Okay. Is that okay with you? Look in the mirror. Is that okay with you? Don't look around. Don't find somebody else's answer. Don't try to look up what your favorite congressman did, or what they think. Is this okay with you? Now, I know a lot of you are patriotic Americans, and I think that's great. But on Necessary Evil, we deal with objective reality. And if China or Russia or Iran had invaded Libya, and it was revealed by Assange that the true motive was to seize their oil reserves and balance their own budget then you would be rightfully calling them the bad guys. Let's be very clear on that. All right, if you can't contend with the idea that America has committed some of the most egregious sins on the world stage, then this is not the podcast for you, I'm sorry. All right, go listen to Fox News and have them tell you that invading Iraq or ousting Bashar al-Assad or toppling Muammar Gaddafi was our patriotic duty. Okay, you go listen over there. Over here, we deal with objective reality. We call balls and strikes, but back to near attendance. So after Assange released her emails, you know, the ones in which she explicitly states that her biggest issue with our illegal murder campaigns in the Middle East is that we're not making enough profit, <laughs> Jesus Christ, after those emails are released, uh, she tweets out that he should be thrown into prison for what he did for committing journalism. Thrown into prison. Okay, Barack Obama's Department of Justice attempted to prosecute him for this. And according to a report from the Washington Post, I got it right here, the only reason that Barack Obama did not prosecute him is because, quote, he would have had to prosecute every other major news outlet in the country. Okay, this man did nothing illegal, but he exposed Barack Obama and the CIA and the rest of the D.C. establishment, like Neera Tandon as the bloodthirsty, maniacal psychopaths that they are. And so they did everything they could to prosecute him. Okay, Donald Trump said he should get the death penalty. Him and Edward Snowden. Snowden's the guy who revealed that the NSA was spying on American citizens through cell phones and and, and laptops. The death penalty. Okay, he's now flirting with the idea of pardoning both Assange and Snowden, along with Ross, Ross Albright, like I said earlier. But, you know, that is only because, I would speculate that what they revealed reflects more poorly on Democrats and the political establishment, something that his supporters love, myself included. Okay, but before any of that, Donald Trump said multiple times, on Twitter and on television, that Assange should be put to death for exercising his First Amendment rights, freedom of the press. I mean, that is terrifying stuff right there. Okay, so do not go around proclaiming that Donald Trump nor Barack Obama are bastions of free speech. Okay, that is the dictionary definition of fascism. We hear a lot about fascism nowadays, and it's easy to dismiss because most of that is just hysterical lefties who have nothing better to do than pretend to be revolutionary as they're LARPing Legends of Zelda from their mom's basement, eating Cheetos and and, and Pop-Tarts all day, Okay, knowing damn well that you can literally have a million-man march in the middle of D.C. with giant Trump balloons shaped like giraffe cocks with no repercussions whatsoever. So, it is easy to dismiss these freaks crying about fascism. But make no mistake, threatening to put Assange and Snowden to death for investigative journalism, as Trump did, or prosecuting them and trying to get them life in prison, as Barack Obama did, is absolutely fascism. And Nira Tandon is totally okay with that. She said multiple times that Assange is a traitor to the U.S. and should die in prison. But again, According to Andrew Gillum, Father of the Year, and Red Roof and Rewards Club member, anyone who criticizes Neera Tanden, according to this man, is only doing so because she's a woman of color. Okay? I mean, it, <laughs> it is so brazen, man. Do not let these people hide behind that anymore. Okay, being for equality is holding everyone to the same standard, regardless of race or gender, or any other immutable characteristic. All right, and stop babying these minority groups. They don't need you to protect them with the bigotry of low expectations. Right, they are perfectly capable of defending themselves against legitimate criticism. And if you don't think so, then perhaps you're the racist. All right, but I mean, you guys think I'm exaggerating when I say that the DC establishment is a bunch of bloodthirsty warhawks, hawks. All right, I just showed you some of the receipts. Explain to me, like I'm five years old, how not Tanden is not a, is not a psychopath. Okay, her biggest problem with the wars in the Middle East is that we're not making enough profit. And Joe Biden just put her as the head of the budget committee. I, listen, these people are not like you and me. I know you would like to think that we're all in this together. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. Okay, they asked Hillary about Gaddafi a few years ago on camera, and she starts cracking up, saying, quote, Well, we came, we saw, he died. Ha ha ha. She thinks it's funny what we did over there. She's giggling. He he hee, murder, war, extortion. She loves this stuff, man. Okay, and the media is no different. You know, when Donald Trump threatened to pull us out of Syria, which is another war propagandized by the CIA that was actually only fought and funded at the behest of Saudi Arabia and in the name of gaining strategic advantage over Putin, but after Trump threatens to pull us out, the corporate press spent the next week going apeshit about us leaving the Kurds out to dry, who we had evidently promised to protect. Okay, because Nancy Pelosi is, is evidently losing sleep every night due to her heartfelt concern for the Kurdish people. Okay, that's what they made it out to be, that bringing our troops home from a country we are not authorized to be in, and which offers us no added protection for, ever, for, for American citizens, was somehow a betrayal of our eternal allies, the Kurds. Okay, so so ABC News, after this, puts up a clip a few nights later of what appears to be an all-out massacre. Okay, there's gunfire, there's explosions, rocket launchers going all over the place, and they say, look at Syria tonight. Look at what pulling Syria, pulling out of Syria has done. Okay, Donald Trump's reckless actions. I love that. That was one of the headlines. Donald Trump's reckless actions, a.k.a. bringing the troops home, that's 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 reckless action to ABC News is, is pulling the troops home. Reckless action. Uh, according to... So Donald Trump's reckless actions have led to an all-out war in Syria. That's what they said as they put this clip up, okay? I mean, everyone was horrified. It was like, how can you, how can we not support the wars now? We got to go back. The media was right. What about the Kurds? What about the Kurds? We got to go back to war. Send your brother over there, okay? Well, as it turns out, that clip was from five years before and was from a military demonstration at a gun range in Kentucky. ABC News puts out the clip and says that this is Syria. This is why we need to be in Syria. Shame on anyone supporting a troop withdrawal from a country that we have no congressional approval to be engaged in. Okay, shame on you. You're getting these people killed. Look what happened tonight. And it's a clip from a weapons depot in Kentucky. Brazen stuff, man. You know, it's also why they told us that Bashar al-Assad was behind the gas attack a few years back. You know, the first time that Trump threatened to withdraw. Okay, and listen, Assad has been wanting us out of Syria since the moment we stepped in. All right, and according to the corporate press, and Lindsey Graham and John Bolton, Jennifer Rubin, Howard Dean, John McCain, the typical warhawks, according to them, the moment that Assad sees that we're about to leave his country, he does the one thing that is guaranteed to keep us there, which is gas his own people? That's what they want you to believe? I mean, the higher-ups were calling for a total invasion to Syria for this. Can you imagine if we got bogged down in another all-out war, like Iraq, in Syria because of this? I mean, never mind the fact that a year later, James Mattis admits that we still have, have no idea whether or not it was Assad who gassed his own people. Never mind that. Okay, nobody even stopped to ask for proof. Dems and Republicans alike just took it at face value. You know, Assad did it, so Assad must pay. Obviously. I mean, nobody thought to to say, hmm, you know, Assad's been wanting us out for almost 10 years now. We just announced we're leaving. And just about the only thing that would keep us here would be for him to chlorine gas his own people, okay? And you're telling me that that's what he did? The one thing that would keep us there? I mean, are you guys following along or what? These people love war, okay? If it bleeds, it leads. It's disgusting stuff, man. And you wanna call me a racist for not doing a damn somersault in my driveway to celebrate that Joe Biden has picked a woman of color near a tandem to head up the budgetary department. Jesus Christ, just another day in Washington, I tell you. Well, folks, that's all we got for today. Make sure to subscribe and like on Spotify and Apple Music or wherever else you listen. Uh, Please do share this episode on your Instagram story or with a friend or two if you think they might enjoy. And I'll see you next time on Necessary Evil, where people are sovereign, where all government measures are enforced by the point of gun, and where state power is in direct conflict with individual liberty. Thanks a lot.